Welcome to the Breaking Health Podcast, a series of discussions with the most disruptive CEOs and leaders in digital health. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Breaking Health Podcast. This is your co-host Tom Salemi and I'm here on pre-Thanksgiving Day, or I was going to say pre-Thanksgiving Eve, but anyway, tomorrow's Thanksgiving yeah. and I'm here with Steve Krupa. Hey Steve, how are you? I'm great, Tom. It's Thanksgiving Eve Eve. That's right. So there you go. Yes, the there Eve go. of Thanksgiving Eve and I'm yeah. very excited about this weekend and very excited about this this podcast. I like this yeah. company Accolade. I, need, I think I need Accolade in yeah, all will. in all of my life, I need to call someone and have them tell me who I need to talk to and who's going to take care of me. <laughs> Is that yeah. wrong? I-, I don't think so. I you know look, it's uh, <clears throat> there is definitely a, a a dichotomy, a a pull between you know digital interaction and human interaction in all for all walks of life. Um, but I think that it's very hard to um, sort of uh, reproduce human interaction in, in a healthcare setting where people really long for empathy and understanding. And you can't really get that from a, from an iPhone, really. No. When they get to that point, you know, like that movie, was it, was it her or was she or something like that? Yeah. Maybe, maybe it'll, it'll happen. But um, right now, human interaction is valued significantly, and it's valued in a, in a way uh, that if it's really harnessed correctly uh, through a model like Accolades, I think it can improve care and actually reduce utilization. And that's if people want that as a goal, which I think they do, uh, what they're doing seems to be pretty worthwhile. Definitely. And this is actually Accolade's return to the yeah. podcast. Uh, you talked with Tom Spann early on in our life, yeah. in the single digits of the episodes. This time you spoke with its, its new CEO, Raj Singh. And uh, yeah. you basically asked him, why Why did he come to healthcare? You would have, you would have advised him not to take a healthcare job. <laughs> <laughs> well... And I think it's really interesting. You know, he's he's pretty, I think, um, self-aware on this issue. You know, a lot of tech entrepreneurs come into healthcare and assume they can be, quote, disruptive. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, embedded, you know, infrastructure-oriented behavior in healthcare that make disruption very hard to accomplish. Um, and I think he's pretty self-aware of that as he came in. Um, it's just a longer-term disruption. It's not an immediate disruption. And uh, and that's kind of what I always say to my sort of tech entrepreneur friends that are, you know, building websites or building, you know, services, consumer services. Come on in because the technology is needed, but it's going to take a little bit of time and, and, and extra energy to get the business to transition. And he definitely sounds like he's uh, he's totally committed and they're making some great progress. Yeah. Yeah. You see, it's a very good interview. I love Tom Spann. I was glad to hear he's still a, a, a big part of the company. He's a great guy. Uh, but Raj is a great guy, too. And, and when you listen to what he's building, I think it's 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 very interesting. Very interesting. And we're going to have him on stage at the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit, which is happening next week, believe it or not, on November 30th. Uh, we are close to selling out. So anyone listening to this uh, podcast, if you were thinking of going, you should register now or else you're probably going to be bound for a waiting list. So don't wait too long. You're in. And I will be there, Tom. You, you are in. We got you, buddy. We got you covered. It's like you got, uh, you got Jeff, Jeffrey Immelt there, right? Yep. You know, Jeff, Jeff Immelt and Troy Brennan from CVS. So uh, my buddy Lonnie Reisman is going to interview him. That's right. Yeah, another, uh, another. Lonnie's an old friend of mine. I love Lonnie. So. And another uh, former podcast uh, guest, correct? 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. it all comes back to the Breaking Hope podcast. You know, you could go back, I think, and find a couple of podcasts with uh, looking at the uh, guests that we did. Maybe we should provide that list to people so that they can go back and listen if they want. Because a few people, I think, on uh, at the uh, at the event that we did some podcasts with. That's very true. No, well, we should put that out. And of course, they're all available on healthogy.com. You can find all of our past podcasts. So, all right, man. We'll have a great Thanksgiving, and uh, we will see you next week. Yeah, looking forward to it. Welcome to the Breaking Health Podcast. I'm here with Raj Singh, the CEO of Accolade. Welcome to the podcast, Raj. Thank you for having me, Steve. So we we've uh, we spoke with your colleague, Tom Spann, about two years ago. He was good enough to be sort of one of the, I think, the first 10 guests on the show. And around that time, you know, he confessed that um, he was going to step down as founder and CEO and then bring you in. And we talked a little bit about that as, uh, you, know, con- you know, talking about transitioning a business as it matures and so on and so forth. Um, so I want to get an update on the accolade story and, and how you're doing there. But as sort of a starting point, um, give me a sense of why you took the job. Why did you want to come and run this company? Well, it's great that we start with Tom, actually, uh, Steve, in terms of that story, because uh, Tom's one of the main reasons that I came. Uh, you know, uh, Tom approached me about... Uh, about the accolade story and sort of what the, he thought the next generation of that story would be. Uh, and, it, you know, just having ended a 22-year run, I was uh, one of the founders uh, of Concur, a company in the software industry and the travel and expense space. After ending a 22-year run at one company, talking to another founder who was thinking about where they wanted to go with their business and where they needed help was really intriguing to me. Uh, add to that that uh, myself and my co-founder at Concur, Mike Hilton, as well as a gentleman by the name of Rob Cavanaugh, one of our longtime executives at Concur, after we left Concur, uh, had a fascination with the healthcare space. I Meaning we looked at it as a space that had incredible opportunities for innovation. And so you add those things together. Uh, you know, I, we found Tom to be a, uh, a really brilliant executive uh, with a great vision. We found Accolade to be an incredible asset. Uh, and we were really interested in finding a way into the healthcare space. Those things lined up in a way that, you know, I could never have anticipated. And so here I am two years later having a ball. Yeah. By the way, uh, Concur, I'm familiar with the Concur product, excellent product from an expense. Uh, well, thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of, I see a lot of uh, business managers that have been very successful sort of in another area. Look over at healthcare and say, "Wow, there's it, it's such there's so much waste, there's so much opportunity uh, in the healthcare landscape. I I know I can make a difference going over there. I can't imagine that that wasn't something that occurred to you as you were looking at at Accolade and its and its uh, capabilities. Um, I'm kind of curious. Two years later, how do you feel about that decision? Where is it, it's you know some people think it's going to be easy. Some people realize it's not going to be so easy. What did you think when you were coming in, and how do you feel about it now, two years later? Well, you know, Steve, I think uh, uh, I, I won't claim to be any smarter than anyone else who makes that leap from another industry. I, I would say, you know, I had a 22-year run with a bunch of ups and downs in a previous business, and more fortunately for us. The ups outweighed the downs, uh, and you know we had a great run at Concur. But when you go through something like that, you realize nothing is easy about business. 
Uh, add to that healthcare, which everyone, every single one of the people I talked to, as I said, hey, I'm really interested in healthcare, said, I don't know if you should do that. And so we knew <laughs> that healthcare enough. was- You obviously didn't talk part. to me because I might've said the same thing to you, just to tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so I knew for a fact, walking in, one, that business is hard inherently. Two, that healthcare is even harder uh, because of you know, the myriad issues that exist associated with healthcare, including public policy, regulation, et cetera. And so I had no false expectations that, uh, that we were smarter than the average bear. We're going to jump in here and make everything work in a year. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a long-term opportunity for us to build something great that can do great things for consumers in the healthcare space. Uh, we fully anticipate this is another 10, 20 year run. I mean, I'm 49 today, so maybe I don't have 20 more years left in me, but uh, we think this business has incredible opportunity to be a great enduring business. So, you know, to answer your question, two years in, it's exactly what I thought it would be, uh, not because I'm some sort of fortune teller, but because we knew it would be hard, but we also knew that there was incredible opportunity here. And so uh, we're growing really fast. We have a ton of things to do that are on our to-do list that uh, every company does. But, uh, but, you know, the early hypotheses around the market is looking for solutions to be the single point of entry uh, for healthcare and benefits. That hypothesis is proving to be true. Uh, and, you know, the, some of the challenges that we anticipated as well are proving out to be true as well. Yeah, it's funny. I, I, my observation is the toughest thing about it, and, you know, as I think I mentioned to you before we, we hit record, you know, a lot of the listeners are venture capitalists or investors. But the, it's difficult in healthcare to figure out, not that it's easy in other industries, but to just figure out how much time it's going to take for a great idea to sort of start rolling, right? Like to really start rolling. Um, yep. And, you know, Accolade, very innovative company, still seen as innovative today, but not, not necessarily a young company, you know, in its, in its sort of history. Um, so, you know, before we get into the business, give me a sense. So when you come in, as the CEO for a company that's been around for a while, other than the industry dynamics, what are the cultural and managerial challenges that you have to confront right away as does the new guy on the block? It's a great question, Steve. I think it's the question, really. If you're going to come in, and remember, I had been a founder before, and so I'd never really run anything that wasn't something that I had started. I, you know, I was lucky enough the first time that we started a company, I was 23, 24 years old. Uh, when you walk into a business like this one that is fundamentally mission driven, it's a profitable, you know, or it's a, it's a business that aims to make a profit, but it's a mission driven company as well. The first thing you have to do is salute the culture and make sure that the people, you know, there was, when I arrived, there were 600 plus people already working at Accolade, make sure they understand that you're not intending as a new executive, or, you know, in, in this case, we brought on a number of new executives to, uh, to change the culture, but instead to respect the value of the culture that had already built this business, uh, and then to add to it, which every business has to do, right? Every business has to be morphing and changing and growing. And so one of the first exercises that we undertook when I arrived was to write down our core values. The company had a really strong culture, but hadn't written it down. And so, and that writing down our core values exercise involved of the 600 plus people who worked at Accolade, nearly 120 or 130 of them participated in that, in that exercise. Uh, we wrote it down. We put it, you know, we talk about our culture and our core values at every single meeting, uh, whether it's a senior leadership meeting, whether it's a uh, company-wide meeting. And oftentimes we'll actually uh, start our meetings with one, uh, a call or an actual interaction that we have with a consumer. Obviously, we strip out the personal information, uh, 
but to remind everybody why we're doing what we're doing, we start our conversations with that in mind. And then we talk to why that matters to our core values. I think that really sped the process of integration. Really, we had a, uh, some new people coming on uh, for the people already here to understand that oh, these people respect what we've built and they're here to help, not here to change everything. Uh, I think that really is an essential part of uh, jumping into something new like that. Very cool. Yeah, I, I agree with you. you you've, so when you get to, when you start your own company, it's like starting your own country, right? You get to make the rules up. You get to decide what the culture is going to be. When you walk into a new a company, sort of as the new management team, the first thing I think you got to do is figure out what the culture is that's there, and then sort of make an assessment as to what you think needs to change um, and, and drive forward. You know, that question is actually interesting because tie it to the healthcare discussion. How many executives have popped in from another industry and said, I'm going to come fix healthcare? Uh, and, and then run up the hill and then roll back down because they didn't get there. Uh, the first thing you have to do in healthcare is really understand the problem. The first thing you have to do in taking over a new business is understand the culture. Uh, if you're uh, patient enough to do that work, it pays off in spades in the future. And I think that's, that's the exact same story. We saw in Accolade, I saw in Accolade, a 10-year head start on exploring the challenges of healthcare and uh, having worked around or overcome some of those challenges. So as you're running the company today, what do you feel is the, are the touchstones of your culture? Uh, you know, at, at the core of what we do is trust, right? Ultimately, our people, our, uh, our health assistants is what we call our, uh, our, our people who really uh, – bond with our consumers to help them navigate through the healthcare system and our nurses, doctors, uh, claim specialists, pharmacists, all rely on the capacity to build trust with that consumer uh, in order to deliver value. And so the core cultural cornerstone for us is trust. We have to trust each other inside the business with, you know, our, uh, the sales organization has to trust the marketing organization, has to trust the operations function, has to trust the, trust the clinical function. Uh, we have to trust each other. And our entire business is built on trust. Outside of that, you know, we've got this very interesting uh, mission-driven business. And we talk about the fact that we're here for a reason. If, you, if you're here uh, to make the most money, we're probably not the best place for you. But if you're here to change lives and you want to do that as a part of building a, a cool, profitable business with people that you love, we've got a great place for you. Uh, we also want people who dream big. Uh, and so, you know, we're here to change an industry. Uh, we, you know, we're not betting small. We're not looking for incremental change. We're looking for real change. And so when you think about that, uh, and, and those elements really filter out the kind of people you want. Mm -hmm. uh, and people self-select in and people self-select out. And that's exactly what a culture or cultural attributes are supposed to do. So let's, uh, let's, let's, let's expand on that. What, just to, I, I think a lot of the people, a lot of the listeners know what Accolade does. Maybe you can sort of... Uh, summarize it for us and then and then talk about um, how trust dreaming big and changing healthcare uh, is derived from you know what accolade is doing as a, as a core part of its business yeah absolutely uh, you know everyone who's listening to this podcast knows that healthcare costs increase year over year uh, everyone also knows that one of the core levers that's been applied by most businesses is pushing to consumer-driven health plans, higher deductibles for consumers, with the idea being that consumerism, that, that uh, employee of a self-insured employer, when faced with a higher deductible, will make better decisions because it impacts their bottom line at home. 
unfortunately, the reality is uh, those consumers didn't get any smarter uh, or didn't understand this really complex healthcare system or benefits ecosystem any better the day they moved on to a high deductible plan. And so companies are beginning to understand that and have over the last, uh, call it three or four years, really begun an active exploration to say, can I find a single place, a single point of contact for all of my healthcare and benefits ecosystem? And that's what Accolade does. We provide that single point of contact. And we do it differently than every other business that we've looked at in that we try to, we try to blend things. Most companies, and you know, if we were to look at traditionally the way carriers have solved this problem, it's to push people to self-service. Uh, to push them to portals, to push them to mobile applications, to say, look, the data's out there. You can find it yourself. Go dig in and, and find it. What we do instead is say, we don't think self-service alone or technology alone will solve this problem. So the first thing we do is we allocate an individual to you, what we call a health assistant, who's dedicated to you and your family and who understands your benefits and who understands the whole ecosystem of your benefits that your company provides and your healthcare networks. And so that person builds a relationship with you. They're dedicated to you. They build a longitudinal relationship with that consumer, which means uh, for, from that point on, you have one number to call. You get their extension and their name, and you get to talk to them. You never have to re-explain your, your particular context to a new individual. And to the degree there are clinical needs, we'll actually dedicate a nurse to you as well. And so we then surround that. Like if you can take that trust, and we get incredibly high engagement levels, our engagement levels are north of 70%, which is just a, a staggering number in an industry that's looking at 3 to 5% engagement levels. When you get that kind of engagement, you have an opportunity to impact care, which means we engage with people before they make care decisions, and that allows us to help them make better decisions and in turn drive down costs. Every one of our customers is looking at trend line improvement on a year-over-year -year basis that could be 5 to 10 to 15%. And so we, we do that starting with the human relationship but then we add to it technology, mobile applications, an employee portal that actually makes recommendations about the different benefits programs you should plug into. And that portal actually also will, will integrate with all of your other programs. So if you've got a third-party telemedicine solution, great. That'll be right there on the portal. It'll also be uh, approachable via our mobile application. And so what we're doing is blending technology, people, and really ultimately compassion, trust, uh, and human relationships uh, into a single solution that drives healthcare costs down. Very cool. So it, it's it's interesting. My first reaction is is um, that the the individual that builds the relationship is an expensive proposition, um, and then it was as equally interesting to hear that that's driving trend down. So what is it that that relation? What what is it? A, and I think I know some of the answers to this. But what is it about that relationship that's helping the medical trend? Where, 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 is the, where, where, where is the benefit coming from, in your view? Let's, let's start here. Um, you know, before we talk to a single one of an employer's consumers, we will have brought in two to three years' worth of data. That's claims data. It's pharmaceutical information. It's so formulary data. It's biometric information. It's linking to your HRIS data so we understand demographic information about that consumer. And so oftentimes, once we've consumed that, we go through this process of segmentation and personalization. So we have a machine learning or artificial intelligence engine that then, that then drives recommendations for each of those consumers before we've ever even spoken with them. So now, fast forward to the first day we're supporting that population. 
the first time someone calls in, usually almost two thirds of the time, that first phone call is tactical in nature. They're calling in because they need a new ID card. Uh, they need to find a primary care doctor. They don't understand their benefits. In that situation, uh, when that person calls in, let's say, for example, that it's a 27-year-old who spent $100 on healthcare last year and is thinking about finding a primary care doctor. Our recommendations engine for our health assistant will, will recommend to that person that, hey, when that person calls in, let's get them a primary care doc that's in their network. Let's also explain their preventative care benefits so that, that uh, and let's, let's move them in that direction. On the flip side, a 52-year-old diabetic who hasn't gotten their A1C screen and hasn't had their foot exam this year and spent $17,000 on healthcare next year calls in to find a primary care doc, and we have a totally different set of recommendations. So what we have is an opportunity on the fly for that health assistant to understand the context of that person's needs and then to work with them using a behavioral model that we've developed internally uh, to actually probe and ask, uh, ask deep questions that guide them to, uh, to the consumer exposing their needs and therefore help guiding the behavior. Hey everyone, Tom here. I'm taking a quick break from this conversation to remind you that next week, as I said at the top of the podcast, is the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit. It's happening on November 30th in Boston. Go to healthogy.com, check out the agenda. We've talked about the speakers in the past, but it's a great, great list of uh, speakers and many great topics will be covered. So great people like yourself should be in the room and uh, the room will be sold out. So please do go to healthogy.com to register to attend the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit. And again, because you love the podcast and we love you, use the B Health Code. It's letter B followed by the word health, all one kind of word. And uh, use that when you register and you'll save yourself uh, a whole lot of dough. All right, now let's get back into this conversation. So essentially what you're doing is you're using the sort of, what I would say, um, basic phone call from a member as an opportunity to figure out or predict or respond to what you think that member's healthcare needs ought to be over the next, say, 12 months, and then begin to think programmatically about how to engage them to make that an efficient process. Is that, is that a fair way to put it? You nailed it, Steve. It's, it is ultimately turning what in the past have been viewed as tactical interactions with the consumer. Hey, let's get them their new ID card and get them off the phone to taking every one of those opportunities and treating it as a signal that that person has a healthcare need. Let's find out what that need is. And now we can use technology today to give us some really good hints, uh, but we also trust that health assistant and that nurse to make their own decision. So we'll, we'll, our machine learning engine, which we call Maya, Maya will make recommendations to that health assistant or to that nurse to say, hey, here's what we think you should do. But we also understand that context and the, the, you know, the tone of that person's voice, what they're experiencing, the intent of that individual is as important as what our data tells us is the right next step. And so we give our people incredible latitude to, to veto our machine learning engine. And actually, when they veto our machine learning engine, our engine learns from that right. and applies it the next time we, we make a recommendation. So I'm curious. This is, you know, the alternative would be that, that these, um, these individuals would probably be calling the health plan or the HR department at their employer or maybe even both. Who knows? 
are you your your business model is essentially to step in and substitute for those two entities, right? That the HR department and the health plan is that the idea? Uh, yeah, as it relates to healthcare and benefits, you're exactly right. Uh, we'll we'll be the that single point of contact. What we want to do is remove the guessing game for the consumer. Should I call? Uh, do I need to call this number for dental? Call this number for healthcare. What's the difference, by the way, for a consumer between healthcare and dental? Uh, and, you know, I want to understand my wellness benefits. Well, that seems like healthcare to me, too. Uh, do I need to call a different number or go to a different portal or website to solve that problem? If the answer to those questions is yes, you've got this fragmented user experience. Uh, see, there's the technology in me coming out. Consumer experience. You have this very fragmented consumer experience that is really challenging for, the, for that consumer to understand where to go. And oftentimes they just throw up their hands and go nowhere. Uh, if you can take all of that confusion away, that first step is oftentimes the hardest step, right? And so if we can make the first step really easy, then we can guide people to where they have to go. You use their momentum at that point to get them where they need to go. So do you, do you have data on what the, what the initial phone calls are about usually that you receive? Is it really ID cards and PCP enrollment and that you got kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't uh that wasn't a throwaway stat. That was an actual real stat. About two-thirds of the calls are very tactical. It's ID card, PCP, uh, don't, an explanation of benefits, or exploring an issue on, a, on an EOB that they don't understand. Interesting. And so when you think about... Can you imagine? I mean, most of those calls have been... Most of those interactions in the past in healthcare have been thrown away. Solve the problem, get off the phone. And so in, in today's world, if you can take all of the, like the richest set of data that could have existed here about the intent of that consumer and what they need was being discarded by the healthcare industry. What Accolade discovered long before I arrived was that that's an incredibly uh, rich treasure trove of data uh, that will help us guide consumers. That's where the data is. So last time I talked with Tom, I remember the, um, the first customer was Comcast. Is that right? Was this Comcast? Am I remembering that? That's right? exactly right. Yeah. And, and that was obviously in Philly. And uh, in Philly, obviously, Independence Blue Cross is, is king in some ways. Um, how has the business expanded? So Comcast, um, let's see if I, get to, if I can remember right. So Comcast was probably using IBC or uh, as maybe their uh, network and stuff. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And you sold the business to the employer um, as sort of, as sort of part of the benefit that the employees would get. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing IBC cooperated with you in that. How does the business, how's the business been growing? Has it been growing at the health plan level or has it been growing in the employee side, the employee side? Well, first of all, you have a great memory. Uh, <laughs> Comcast was our first customer and remains, uh, a very important customer to Accolade, uh, and, uh, and IBC is one of their carriers. They also actually use uh, UMR as a TPA. Sure. Uh, and so uh, both UMR and IBC cooperated, worked with us really closely to make sure that we could have a seamless experience for that customer. Uh, and that's happening more and more. Uh, there are certainly, you know, to the point of cooperation, there are certainly times where uh, some carriers view us as a little disruptive to their relationship with the customer. But I think uh, once they get to know us, once they understand that we're actually even uh, driving better adoption or better engagement for their clinical programs or for the things, the services they're delivering to the customer, uh, we usually overcome that. But uh, now to answer your question, uh, very, uh, the very significant part of our growth, the majority of our growth really comes from employers. Self-insured employers are actively 
looking for solutions to drive trend down. And they're also looking for that single point of entry. And so uh, we're growing really rapidly in, the, in that self-insured employer space, which, by the way, is also a really rapidly growing space, right? You're seeing 300, 200-person companies now yep. moving to self-insured. And we view that as a huge opportunity in terms of our target addressable market. Very hard to argue with the numbers, in all honesty. You know, I run a 300-person company, and this year, you know, we looked at the numbers and we're like, we're better off self-insuring. And of course, you know, yeah. you buy well, stop loss and so on and so forth to protect yourself. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, you're really your goal as an employer is to offer as rich a benefit as you can afford to your employees, because the benefit of having your employees have access to healthcare is significant. So if you can come up with, you know, a high level of trust uh, in, in a relationship where, you know, the employee feels like they can be guided well through the healthcare system, you know, at the end of the day, you'll probably end up being able to offer better benefits, frankly. You know, uh, we have customers, not to get overly geeky here. Yeah, uh, go ahead. We have customers on, <laughs> on the entire scale of actuarial plan value, right? We have some in the 70s, some in the 90s, so some with incredibly rich sets of benefits. Uh, and yet, Oftentimes, uh, the satisfaction level of employees is driven by that accolade experience. And that's not to say that accolade is the only benefit that matters. It's to say that accolade really activates all of your benefits uh, and therefore makes your employees far more engaged in, in not only in their benefits ecosystem, but we think, uh, and this is a softer benefit than trend line savings, so, but it's nice to have both, uh, we think makes them more engaged in your business. So... Um Give me a sense for the future. Where, where, where are you heading? Um, what, well, let's say over the last two years, what, what have you added to your services and products that you didn't have when you first got there? And where do you feel you need to expand in terms of capabilities to, uh, to continue to capture more and more of the employer market and, uh, and, and, and to meet this demand? Uh, here's what we've uh, always been, uh, I think, good at and will continue to stress we're always going to be a service that gives you that human relationship. So that stays constant. But what we've added to it is an incredible set of new technologies. So there's a, there, it's, you know, in 2017, you really can't deliver a technology-enabled service that doesn't have a machine learning engine. Ultimately, you're throwing away every interaction if you're not learning from that interaction and applying it to the next interaction. And so our Maya, the machine learning engine, is something we developed uh, internally, uh, using a whole set of data scientists and machine learning experts or AI experts here at Accolade, uh, that's one of the big advances because it allows us to not only be more efficient in our interactions, but also to be incredibly effective in terms of getting consumers to where they're supposed to go on the fly. Uh, we've also added a whole set of technology tools that allow consumers to engage with us wherever they want to engage. Like, you know, it's a uh, the, the common perception might be, well, you know, young people want to talk, uh, want, want to hit you via the mobile device and, and older people want to talk on the phone. The reality is that's not necessarily true. Our data says that, you know what, it doesn't matter if you're 45 or if you're 25, there's a set of engagements that you want to do via um, uh, secure messaging via the Accolade app. And there's other times where you want to pick up the phone. I mean, if you're exploring your oncology benefits, there's a reasonable chance you want to talk to somebody. Uh, if you're trying to out this if you're trying to figure out if you should go to this facility or that facility 
uh, you might find it perfectly acceptable to do that via a messaging interface with your health assistant. And so we've delivered mobile application to do exactly that uh, and, a, and a portal that gives you some of that similar capability, but also allows you to explore the rest of your benefits ecosystem. All of that's brand new uh, and it's driving increased engagement, more interactions with the consumer, more opportunities to impact care. So what comes next for us is, uh, is turning those things into incremental opportunities to actually provide data to, pr to give data to providers, for example. And so you'll see us in 2018 talking more and more about pushing data. If we, if we have information about intent and context, uh, wouldn't that data be interesting to the providers who are servicing your population? And what we're finding is there are providers approaching us every day in, in conjunction with their, with their employers or the, their employer customers and saying, hey, how can we work together to deliver a coordinated experience for that consumer? Uh, and we're really excited about that opportunity. Very cool. So um, we're coming up to the end here of our time. So I want to, first of all, thank you for joining me. But, but as sort of a closing uh, uh, question, I, I, obviously the listeners are going to want to know more about the company. Are you guys blogging, Twittering, Facebook? How, what's the best way for people to find out more about you, find out more about the company, and, and so on? Well, uh, you can always find us at Accolade.com. Uh, we're also, we, we're on all of your social media channels at Accolade. So Facebook at, at uh, Twitter at Accolade, LinkedIn, the same. Uh, and, and, and increasingly we're talking about our perspective. And so you'll, you'll see us uh, more and more on those channels, exposing our blogs uh, and, and talking about our perspective. We feel like at this point, serving more than a million people, uh, we've earned some rights to be able to talk about our experiences and to see if those experiences are valuable to other, uh, to other people. So we'd love it if you tuned in, and we'd, I appreciate the opportunity for the plug. Terrific. Raj, great to meet you. Thanks for joining us on, uh, on the Breaking Health Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. All right, that's a wrap, folks. Raj Singh of Accolade, thank you for joining us on the Breaking Health Podcast and telling Accolade's story, giving us an update on all you are trying to do. Thank you also for your help next week at the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit. Steve Krupa, thanks again for another great conversation. I look forward to seeing you next week in person at the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit on November 30th in Boston. Finally, Breaking Health Podcast listeners, I would love to see you at the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit, which is happening on November 30th in Boston. If you haven't registered yet, please do. Go to healthag.com. That's the word health, followed by letters egy.com. Healthag is the producer of the Breaking Health Podcast and the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit. And uh, make sure you use the Be Health code when you register so you can uh, save yourself a little bit of dough and be in the room with all of these great leaders in healthcare. You'll find the agenda at healthag.com. You can look at our advisory board and uh, hear more from our co-chairs, Robert Mittendorf and Bill Geary. It's going to be a great day. Please do join us. And, of course, this weekend, have a great Thanksgiving. Have a great time with your family. And we'll see you next week in Boston.